0: To Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. And it is the, uh, I've billed this week as the Andy Dick Thanksgiving Spectacular because we didn't have time to get to Andy Dick's interview last week. But so to kick off the spectacular in truly spectacular fashion, we have from California, the great Bob Forrest.
1: Here I am. Give thanks, everyone. Thank I'm so grateful, Dave. So grateful for
0: my life. Well, you're not You're not feeling the Thanksgiving spectacular vibe? No,
2: it's a fucking nightmare like everything else.
0: Well, Bob has just endured one of the great uh, plagues of the West Coast, which is these fucking uh, brush fires. Are they brush apparently fires? We just, yeah,
1: apparently we just don't rake the leaves up around here, apparently, is what I'm hearing. So we'll do that, and then I guess we'll be good. But, yeah, there was some brutal wildfires, like one up north that hundreds of people died in. And then down here in Southern California, there was two, actually. And the one people most heard about is this Woolsey fire that burned most of Malibu's hillsides, not really the, you know... Not really the ocean part of Malibu, but Malibu is very hilly too, and so a lot of the rehabs, our rehab, Aloe, had some houses that burned down, and a lot of treatment centers, Cliffside, completely burned down. I heard. Um, I heard
0: it. I heard it was because God hates the recovery industry. No.
1: Yeah, well, so do I. So I, <laughs> I can't, that's that's a silver lining, um, but you know the. It's just the craziest thing you ever seen. Like, these fires travel, like, at 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour. The winds are so gusty. And, like, Evan, my partner, and, and, and I were watching the news at 6 a.m., talking on the phone, and it was 17 miles away. And so we just, Evan kind of is much more responsible than I am and he and Jared our other partner just said let's just evacuate and if we come back we come back so we evacuated at like 8 in the morning and by 4 in the afternoon now all the houses were burnt
0: down (laughs) it was
1: crazy you don't have that in New York City do you?
0: No, we don't. I mean, no, we do not have that in New York City. But you were talking about it. I was actually on, I think, I don't know when that show is going to air, but I was on Bob's this show. This week, yeah. Uh, this week, and we were talking about it, and, and he kind of described the addicts as being, like, the greatest possible candidates to handle uh, an emergency They like that. are.
3: I mean, you know that. We're, we're the best
1: when things are going crazy. It's afterwards. I'll, t- I'll tell the story of a really good friend of mine from New York City. This guy is a lifelong junkie. I won't mention his name because, you know, his family or whatever. Is it John Frusciante? No, no, no. Okay. He's a New York City guy. And uh, he was in a bunch of bands. He was in some really cool bands. But he was always my junkie buddy since, like, 85, 86, right? Okay. He lives across the street from the World Trade Center. He works in a restaurant near the World Trade Center, right? So he's there. When it all happens, watch this building come down, watch the first building come down, just starts walking uptown like thousands of people did and kind of survived that and, and, you know, helped a lot of people, like was, was evacuating people uptown and helping and helping, you know, get food for the, <coughs> for the firefighters in the days afterwards for the, for the you know, the you know, emergency response people down there. They were down there for days. And it's just like an upstanding citizen handling shit. Like nobody else, but a junkie can. Then he, i played a concert there and he came and he goes i go what's going on dude and he goes it's the greatest thing man i got all this federal money from my apartment buildings condemned and i get all this relief money from my job being you know because there was a lot of funding federal funding that went to the, the, the victims destroyed, destroyed yeah. areas right yeah. so he gets this windfall of monthly money for his job being dislocated by the by the twin towers by 9 11 and he gets this relocation check for like forty thousand dollars and and he's just telling me this is the greatest you know it's, it's a horrible thing that happened but this is the greatest thing and and people are really looking out for people and all this kind of stuff and four days later he was dead of a drug overdose wow and he, you know and the, how junkies are he was just saying this is like you know i thought it was the worst thing that ever happened and it was traumatic and horrible but the silver lining is that they you know there's all this federal funding and i got all this money and i don't have to work and and you give a junkie
0: too much know, a money downtime, yeah.
1: a little bored a little boredom a little kind of nothing to do and some money and catastrophe can happen but when catastrophe happens In their lives, we're always at our best.
0: Right, right? they can rise to the occasion uh, because they're used to. Because they, you have to keep a level head in in the crisis of not holding. You know what I mean? Our
1: brains function in a different way under stress. We are best under stress. I mean that is a quantifiable medical neurobiological fact. It's that we can't handle everyday mundane bullshit. Right. Right.
0: We're always seeking some sort of crises. Because, yeah. So I, think, I yes. think we
1: have to trick ourselves into believing that mundane bullshit is, is just so great and we're so grateful for it. I think I've never been one of those people. Mundane bullshit is mundane bullshit and you just deal with it. I don't try to make it into some self help Twitter feed.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Do you, crave, do, you crea- do you crave chaos when things are chill for you?
1: Well, I think working in the recovery industry is just living on the edge all the time. And I've been doing it for 20 years. Like, it's pretty chaotic.
0: You know, Bob, real quick, though, at 9-11, everybody was running uptown. I was running downtown to get methadone. I (laughs) I had to cross 14th Street. Like, I was literally, like, people were running uptown, like, salmon swimming upstream. And I was walking down 8th Avenue. And I got to 14th Street. And there were tanks on 14th Street, and there were like all the National Guard with the fucking machine guns. And I was like, they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I got to get across the street. And they were like, nobody goes across the street. And I was like, I don't think you understand. My methadone clinic's across the street. Because my methadone clinic was on 13th Street and 7th Avenue. So I had to show my methadone ID, and they like waved me through with machine guns. And in the methadone clinic, it was just business as usual. You yeah. know, it was Everybody like it wasn't nine eleven in the methadone clinic.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, my friend, he only went up to sixth and first half. right? And just hung out there, and then went back downtown on nine eleven. Yeah, just trying to help and trying to see what's up and see, try to get into his apartment and all kinds. Of, like it was chaotic, and he was, he was, you know, at his best, and then what the normal world thinks is oh these people need relief and these people need you know federal funding and and they need checks so they can get an apartment in nyack or whatever and he just spent it all on dope and then died.
0: right and then that, that's like more often than not but i want to get well, back that's to
1: that's what i said about the fire so i have a lot of non-addicts that work in treatment these days it's a kind of the new thing and so they're always kind of amazed. And I said, Listen, everything's going good. The first night that we knew we couldn't go back and, and staying in an Airbnb all the clients and then or stay in a hotel, then stayed in an Airbnb and then moved to a location that we've secured now in West LA for for ongoing. Um, the they were the, the staff who were non addicts were just amazed. Nobody ran off and got high. Nobody nobody you know was panicked or crying or weirded out or angry or feeling unsafe everybody was cool and then i did group three days later with all of them and everybody was cool and everybody's focus it was most focused on sobriety and life and present i had done a group at aloe in a long time right you got like 30 people really dedicated to sobriety on fire loving each other you know, that community the junkies get.
0: The gratitude and was really I, strong during the fire. It was
1: really heavy. Right. It was really, I could feel it. It was tangible and it inspired me, right? But then I've been around this a long time. When I was walking out and I was talking to the staff, I was like, you better watch out tonight, and tomorrow, and the next day because <laughs> some of these people are going to try to smuggle drugs in. Right. <laughs> right. Or they're going to get malcontent or they're going to get, because that's the nature of the. Neurobiology and personality of addicts. We're best under stress, and we're not good at dealing with everyday life.
0: And it's always a it's always a boomerang, you know. If you have a night of amazing gratitude and the community coming together, the next day it's gonna like something is gonna shift.
1: Yeah, and I think Chris. I I, I every time I think about Dopey, I think of you first because I met you and whatever. Then I think of Chris, and I think. Chris was striving to act like he was a normal person that was dealing with everyday mundet, mund, mundane subjects. Like, do you know how fucking boring MFT school is? It's fucking retarded boring.
0: Yeah, he was telling I me all the time. He, he was telling me all the time how, like, he, he, he would always say that he was in school because he really wanted the letters after his name. You know, and, right. and in his well, mind,
1: put, put, our real junkie just puts him on there. What do you go to school for?
0: Well, he had a lot to prove, man. <laughs> you know, he really did.
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: No, of course, of course. But that's Chris. That, you know, that's Chris. There,
1: that, but but I think that there's something that we don't fit in that world. We don't. I mean, we can. We can operate there. We can work there. We can work alongside normal people. But, but we're not them. We're not normal. Exactly. We're not them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I think
1: that's a dangerous thing. And you got the psychiatric world telling you you are normal. You know, you're just, you know, you know, normal. You're just, you have what is it called the thing that they're calling it now? You have substance use disorder.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Substance use disorder.
0: I didn't know but, I had substance use disorder. I, I thought I was just a, a drug addict. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, I, and the people don't like pejorative terms, and we live in these—we live in these weird duality times, right? Where you got this brutal lies of, and mis—I think misguided interpretations of, of society, and then you've got this idealized bullshit of society, and 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 somewhere in the middle is reality, right? You know what I mean? It's a, it's very partisan views of society. I think. Society has lots of beautiful things in it and lots of compassion and lots of great things and but I also know that there's a lot of ugliness and I also know that people don't have to always think and say what I think they should think and say that's what's great about a a pluralistic society like you you can you can be dumb or you can say whatever you think. (laughs) That's what's great about it. Or you can disagree. I
2: can think you can disagree. If you're dumb. Right. Well, that's, that's true. That's what's
1: great about it. But on the left, you can't think people are dumb. That's pejorative, that's negative. You, you know what I mean? And we've just become this fantasy land and and I think junkies are pretty good at sorting things out and knowing what is reality. You know, reality is life is pretty boring most of the time and you got to get used to it. Right. You know. Or- and the joys that I get out of things are like you know, mostly involving my kids because it brings you back into a state of childlike wonder. Like when you you know you have two year old and eight year old, it's it's like a constant state of the eight year old trying to act like an adult, and you're constantly trying to regulate that. And then the two year old kind of living in in Snow White land.
0: Well, like I, have the, I have I have I have the infant, the six month old, who's yeah. like just kind of like starting to smile and laugh a lot. And the 8-year-old, like, is trying to, like, figure out how Shark Tank works. And she's like, Daddy, what would a 30% stake in this company really right, do right, for right. me? <laughs> that's what
1: I'm talking about. So, so uh, you know, we're going to a concert tonight, me and Elvis, this Daddy Elvis night, going to see his favorite artist, busy, Billy Isley. Well, that's was, tonight. Yeah, it's tonight we're gone. And, um, and, you know, and you're constantly, you know, trying to help him stay a kid and then you're also trying to bring more of a reality based kind of thing to my two year old's life because she'll just climb up on the roof and stand up there and think she can fly because she loves Peter Pan Right? you know what I mean yeah. like, <laughs> every morning we have to listen to um, hi ho hi ho it's off to work we go and that that joy that that is, raises our spirits as parents. You know, I, I really believe that if I, if I didn't have children, I don't know that I would have stayed sober.
0: Yeah. I really
2: believe that.
0: Yeah. And yet there's still, I, yeah. uh, there's all those people out there that don't, you know, I mean, the rules are always funny because there's so many people out there who don't stay, so who do stay sober and don't have kids. And then the worst scenario are the, are the people who have kids and can't stay sober. I mean, right. for me, I'm exactly like, like you are. Like, my sobriety, like, was really solidified by becoming a parent personally. Like, that, that gave me, like, it gave me something to really like in my sober life, and it gave me something to build on. Well, I think
2: on.
1: people, I, I have friends that don't have children, and they often have dogs, right. and they treat their dogs like children.
0: Yeah, that's creepy. So whatever
1: it is that, well, yeah.
0: This but is my daughter. Is her name is Spunky. She's a golden retriever. <laughs>
1: but you have to be responsible to the other. You know the only reason we exist is because we regulate with each other the 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 sense like i always love this quote like i did go to college for a long time i never achieved anything but i did go and socrates said that that once we get a societal society's daily needs met of security and food and you know the basic necessities of existence for all of society then we'll get down to the business of what's really important which is what is what is the meaning of all this right what is my relation to the other what what is what is really going on here and what's fascinating to me is that's really not what people do when they have their needs met they get tribal and divisive and envious and, and
2: greedy and
1: jealous and greedy and right and it's very it's such a i think he had a higher like a flighty opinion of humanity right. and what we've seen over the last 1500 1800 years is this just base disgusting kind of quality that humans have Right. But I'm interested in those things. Of what is my relationship to you you, and, and to Chris and to Chris's fiancé and to my wife and to my ex-wife and to my kids and to Evan and Jared? And what is what is all this? Right. What is character? What is what is love? What, you know, those are things that I think I'm more interested in than than oh you know i'm grateful for you know being sober and having a job no i'm 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 grateful to be able to think about important things
0: so are you saying that my thanksgiving spectacular is a bunch of (laughs) bullshit bob is that what you're trying to say
1: (laughs) no i mean i used to go to meetings every thanksgiving because my sponsor insisted on it and just to sit there and listen to a bunch of Idiots just talk about what they're grateful for. It just, it's just depressing.
0: Dude, grateful, I went to, like, I went to roof
1: over their head and all this kind of stuff. Like, come on, you're fucking lying. The the same person who tells you they're 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 grateful for a roof over the head, if you go to coffee with them afterwards, they'll talk shit about their friends who are successful.
0: Right, right. Because
1: so they're jealous and envious and think they didn't get their fair share and whatever. I just like the real. I like.
0: Dude, shit. I went to a meeting this morning that you would have. I mean, you got to when you come to New York. <laughs> next time you come to New York, you got to go to this meeting with me. It's it's an old place. You probably have been there, the Mustard Seed, and uh, where is it? It's what, on what, it's what? on Thirty Seventh Street between Lex and Park. Uh, I, I just have
1: never gone above Fourteenth
2: Street.
0: In my dude, body. this place is like <laughs> it's a time warp, Bob. It's like nineteen fifty seven in there, and like the it's like all, uh, like, uh, beginners meetings. And like the whole meeting was everybody sharing of under 90 days. And like the bathroom has a, has a fucking tub in it. Like it's fucked up place and it's really dirty and it's really old. And, um, the dudes were just like, you know, the first guy was just like, I went to my meeting yesterday and when I left the meeting, I went to the bar. At the bar, the the chicks all wore hot pants and halter tops and they were really hot, but I'm not. And it was this old guy talking about bouncing from one shelter to the next and it was just one after the other, like the old, oldest school or most old school alcoholic, junkie shit. And it really like, I I, I felt like, because I have my own problems, you know what I mean? Like my life is not perfect, but to hear that real raw Early, early, early stuff. It uh, it just—it really—it reminds you of of, of what we do have. You know what I mean? Like I fuck a million things up, but like to be in that room with these guys who have like a day, and they're like, you know, they are—they're grateful to be there. You know what I mean? No, I like, get that.
1: I'm not saying that. I'm saying people with long-term sobriety.
0: No, I get it. I'm saying you, you know, would have gotten I mean, a kick out of it, though. Yeah, I know you would. Exactly. Exactly. Like
1: that's what I. I just like real things. I like real honesty, and whether I agree with it or not, I just like the truth. And you know that is becoming rarer and rarer. Everybody's just kind of lost their way, and and I really do believe that most of life is about fear of living a meaningless existence and people don't even catch on that they're living meaningless existences while they're living it
0: you think most people are afraid of living meaningless existences
1: yes yes
0: and how does that manifest though
1: manifests in being obsessed with money for one thing Because
0: the money will give them meaning, you're saying. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it gives them meaning or purpose or importance or something like that. And the society is becoming more and more about wealth and money and success and all that kind of stuff. And and my dad was very successful and he killed himself. So I I don't know that my whole life I just haven't understood a very profound thing, which is – having all the stuff and having money and all that is certainly not the most important thing or key to everything.
0: Bob, I love, I I love the way you go in and out. Like you dip out of my Thanksgiving spectacular and you kind of walk on the outskirts only to be even (laughs) more Thanksgiving ish. It's like, it's amazing. It's like,
1: listen, Thanksgiving is, as you know, I don't like that we get all hyped <laughs> up about certain days, right? I live in thanks for my children's health every day. I give thanks for it. Right. Right. I have a friend whose child is very sick and I just love the, her and her wife and I just love their No, child.
0: she's a major Dopey fan, Tatiana.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's
0: major. So, we love her too. So, uh,
1: so I love that and and you know, and I, I just do anything for them, a- anything I can, and and I, you know, a long time ago when I was pushing all oh, we got to help drug addicts, got to help drug addicts, a friend of mine said, You know, we should help pediatric uh, AIDS kids too, don't you think? And I was like, Holy fuck, I'm so blinded by all this kind of sobriety stuff, I'm not even seeing a bigger picture, right like of course we should and the part of the big book that i was focused on it when i started branching out and looking at the world in a different way was that it says this this program is a design for living a bridge back to the real world and i realized i was five years sober i didn't live in the real world i lived in the fantasy 12-step world right right i'm a big shot i'm important i'm you know i'm i'm such a good helper of people like no, there's a lot more helping that you could be doing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And that, I, I, all I do is make this stupid podcast. I don't do anything. I like well, serve food podcast, and make this stupid let's not podcast.
1: Minimize this podcast. This podcast is how me and my friends talk all the time. And then you, and even myself. I mean, I certainly am not. I don't. I don't talk about how great drug using was now funny rehab was all that much you know in a in a 12-step world right but me and my friends we all lived it with each other and we joke about it all the time like there was one time so my friend robert has been sober for decades now and he's in the song uh serial song of the bicycle thief of my band right he's my friend robert right uh-huh. so one time Robert's girlfriend, who's now a drug counselor and married to somebody else, um, says, you know, talks to my girlfriend at the time, Max, and says, is there any way Bob can get him to go to rehab? So then I was like, I was only like eight months over. And so I go over to the house and he's shooting coke and he's all tweaked out. I'm like, dude, I want to take you out to American Hospital. And he goes, okay, okay, well tomorrow, okay. And then, you know how coke shooting people are? He had to go get donuts. Like in the middle of shooting coke, he's like do you want a donut and i was like i want you know and you just want to get out of that room because the syringes are there and the coke's there
2: and the blood's there like
1: sure sure let's go get donuts right so we go get donuts and he's you know and he's looking through trash can you know how weird it is walking for two three blocks with somebody going to get donuts who just shot coke for eight hours yeah um
0: or I can imagine. So, I don't think yeah, I was yeah. in that exact situation, but I can imagine. I'm with you.
1: You know, he's just yeah. stopping at everything. And then he's looking behind us. And, you know, i like, and I keep having to reach sure. around Everything's cool. Everything's cool. like, let's go to the donut shop. We go to the donut shop. We get donuts. We go back. And he goes, okay, so tomorrow you're going to take me? And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go back the next day, pick him up. He's in pretty much the same state. And and he's got a little bit of heroin that he's got to do so we can get in the car and we can go. Right. So then he's, but he's, you know, he's all over the place emotionally and psychiatrically. <laughs> so I help him load the dope up. And and, and you, you, know, only, you and have eight months. months you, yeah. Eight months over. Yeah. And I, I just on a mission from God. There was right. no desire to be like that. Right. So, so. Get him to do the dope, get him in the car, drive him out to Pomona, which is about 35 miles outside of LA. And then on the way back, the guy and I who drove him out there, the car breaks. The transmission goes out, and we're sitting at this Holiday Inn parking lot by the 10 freeway. And then we get his car towed to a transmission place, and then we get somebody to drive out from LA to pick us up, to drive us back to LA. And I get home, and I say to my girlfriend, well, and because I'm, this is before I had a cell phone, so I was. Calling her with a pay phone from a pay phone, and I said, Well, at least he's there. And she goes, No, he's not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he somehow we got him checked into the rehab, said goodbye to him, had got stopped the liquor store, got him two packs of cigarettes, said goodbye to him. And it took us probably six or eight hours to get back to LA with the broken car and telling that AAA to the place and all the BS and getting somebody to drive out and pick us up. And he had beat us back to LA. And was back in his apartment shooting coke
0: that's a good act for you
2: right
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's the only people for me i'm I'm only interested in people like that right like that is and he you know and he thought i was mad at him i'm like not mad i was just laughing like this is just amazing that's like something i would do that's like something chris would do that's like something you would do that's like something anthony would do that's like somebody everybody i know would do
2: and
1: so but when you've never been like that, or don't understand that, or, or you take that all personal, you know, which is what I see, you know, I definitely see, you know, an intolerance of relapsers in people who don't have a primary drug of choice of opiates. So like, cokeheads will get really mad about a junkie doing that. You know what I mean? Right. Or alcoholics that get really mad. Like, you know, when are you going to get serious about this program? I go, dude, how much more serious do you think this motherfucker is? You know, he's wanting to get help. He goes all the way to the trouble to get out there. He just can't f- hang. He's just and leaves and, and then calls me and wants to go to a meeting like that's that. Can you imagine the madness of that?
0: Well, that's it. And I mean, these, that's the whole story right there. I mean, that's the story.
1: That's in a nutshell. Exactly. To tell the stories of that. And it's very reassuring to hear those stories because most of us are like that.
0: Here, Bob, I want to read you something real quick. It's, yeah. a, it's a note from this guy, Jeremy, at Seven Cycles. He says, Dave, I need help. Wife and I have been on subs since like two thousand and twelve, and then yesterday, all of a sudden, our doctor died.
2: Doctor, yeah, yeah, I got, I know this guy.
0: You know this guy?
2: I know this guy. He sent me the
0: same thing. Oh, it's a good one, right? Left us no right. scripts, no recommendations, no doctors, this no like script. Four months ago. It happened right when Chris died, you know, yeah, and yeah. I never read it. Uh, no script. Now we are fucked. We have a family, one autistic child who's thirteen. I, I work. Know. She watches Drew. We rely on subs to maintain. What do you do when your doctor dies and your Suboxone script comes to a screeching halt? We've been calling Suboxone doctors in town. One, two, three-month waiting list. And the Doan Clinics are $500 here in Spokane, Washington. Three-month waiting period for insurance candidates. Anyways, bro, big fan, who do I talk to? Who do I call in this crisis and time of need? Well,
1: let's talk about Suboxone for a second because I have a lot of friends that are on it. It, it, it such, insurance doesn't cover it if you're on 8 milligrams insurance is only going to cover 2 weeks of that Right. I mean that's what a lot of my friends are coming up against so you're forced to go to the black market Right. and at this point I think you just have to find a, a good connection almost the same way as dope I mean Medicaid doesn't pay for it at all <clears throat> it's all a lie it's big pharma wanting to make billions of dollars off of drug addicts. That's all it is, and it's there's such a huge black market of it that I just suggest that you just get, get a good connect and just buy it from them. And why fucking pay two hundred eighty dollars for health insurance? Doesn't pay for shit.
0: But what do you uh, do? What do you, do you do when I have, your
2: connect disappears? thousand dollars
1: a month for health insurance doesn't even pay for antibiotics. Right. Like fuck the health insurance world at this point. You know what I mean? They're not going to pay for Suboxone. So, you know, I, and this could be a good thing for them to titrate down a little bit. So, so one eight milligram, I think at this point costs $5. So you're talking about both of them just have to get down to four milligrams, split an eight once a day. And, and that costs you, what, 150 bucks?
2: There you go. You
1: know, that, that, that that you know, I'm sure they don't like that if they're on twelve or sixteen,
2: but, right?
0: Or whatever, <laughs> right. whatever actually but is going four on there.
1: Will, four will hold you. I guarantee you that. You know, I was on buprenorphine in the '80s, um, and it didn't seem to matter because it used to come in ten milligram ampules, right? It didn't seem to matter whether I did five of them or one of them. It was about the same,
0: right? But it's you it's, it's I mean? psychologically way different, though. You know, the the 16 milligrams of Suboxone. no, it's
1: the, I wasn't, I was, I, I, the junkies are different nowadays. So they believe the myth of the methadone clinic model, which is the one that Suboxone doctors use. Like, let me give you enough. We're going to go up and up and up. You you find your blocking dose, your blocking dose. No, you're a fucking grown ass adult gets get a certain amount that you're not sick you don't have diarrhea and stomach aches and sweats that's about eight milligrams a day i swear to god i was on it for years off and on it the 10 milligram ampule which it used to only come in her you could only shoot it it was only liquid in the beginning uh buprenorphine and so You know, because I started realizing, because it was expensive. It was like, I forget, you get 20 ampules for $100. They were like, you know, they were expensive. And, you you know, if you're going to do five of them, you know, then the funny thing was somebody told me they're really good for shooting coke with. (laughs) So I started doing
2: that. Was it?
1: Yeah, it was good. It was like a different thing than heroin. Because sometimes the heroin's so strong, it just wipes out the dope. The Suboxone never did that. It just kept you from feeling like... Shitty. You know, you were gonna oh, you have a seizure or something. You know what I mean?
0: It kept you kind of mellow on the on the coke yeah, shot. It yeah, it
1: uh, yeah, it kept kept me from being ridiculous. But but anyways, I just think that they they over prescribe Subutex usually, Subutex or Suboxone usually to people with good insurance. So the better insurance you have, the more fuck they're gonna fuck you, right? But if, but in Medicaid level or HMO level, they don't even pay for uh, enough for you to get through the month.
2: Right.
0: It's crazy. It's bullshit. It's a total fuck you policy. You know what I mean? It's a, it's the total double-edged sword. No.
1: Well, I mean, it's the same thing that rehab is. Really, 40% of the public is well-insured. Right? 60, you know, and, and 20% of the public is Medicare or Medicaid. So there's 40% of the population really believes they have health insurance and they really don't. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I have very very shitty deli workers union insurance that d- that covers a little but not enough. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Especially on expensive medicines. Buprenorphine is, I mean, Suboxone,
2: Subutex, same thing. It's a very expensive drug.
0: But it sounds like I never was on Suboxone like long-term. I was on Methadone long-term, and it was very affordable.
1: Methadone was great for yeah. me. Mine was $60.00. A week,
0: I think. Mine was like sixty dollars a month in that shitty oh, $60 fucking a month in then. that Maybe spot was, in Echo Park. You know it. that you know that spot in yeah, Echo Park. Pizarro, Pizarro yeah, Pizarro. Clinic. Yeah, I was, I was there for years. Me too. I was there for six years.
2: I, what years? Well, what I years? was I
0: was there from two thousand and two to um, two thousand and eight. <laughs> no,
1: well, I was there from ninety off and on from ninety two to ninety six. I remember. I'll tell you a great story about the Pizarro Clinic so a lot of times i was living in the flop houses along sixth street and bonnie bray and the drug area right
2: uh
1: and so i would walk there because eventually you know you got to sell your car to go on a run so i would just walk there first thing in the morning and i'd get there and i would i would uh, there was i hate i i'm just gonna be honest this is dopey there was these two I'm Two really, there was a new thing happening in the early '90s called lipstick lesbians. You ever heard of it? Sure. I, it was amazing. It yes. was an amazing phenomenon.
0: Yes,
2: yes.
1: So there were these two lipstick lesbians, and by lipstick couple. lesbians,
0: we mean very attractive, very feminine lesbian couples.
1: They're the ones that came up with the phrase. But that I was the phrase, I right? I come up with. I'm it. right that on. Was the that phrase. Was okay, okay. They were like girly girl lesbians, right? is another one of my friends who was a lipstick lesbian said it's just girly girl real girls lesbians or whatever they don't there's not i don't know we're gonna get in trouble for talking about this
0: no this is this is is okay bob keep going there was
1: two that were there and they would come with their dog and so i would wait for them because i just like they they were Fun and flirtatious and funny and wild and sexy and whatever so and I was living this lonely kind of isolated drug addict life so it'd always livened up my morning. I'd get up like it like seven in the morning I'd start walking over there from sixth and Bonnie Bray and get there about eight and and then get my dose and then I would just sit in the lobby and watch I love Lucy. I remember I love Lucy was always on the TVs in the lobby right? And I would wait for them to come and then we'd talk and sometimes I'd go to Jack in the Box with them or whatever. And it was just one of the greatest times of my life that that era when those girls were going to the methadone clinic and they were so, they were so alive. I wasn't alive and they were people who were alive. They were funny and they were fun and they were full of life. and, And it was just, and that's another thing of what I truly believe is we need each other. Right. We, I don't even know what I was fantasizing was going to happen. It was some crazy, stupid thing that was never going to happen. But it was it, that really wasn't why I looked forward to seeing that
0: So you never, it you was, never had a three-way with the two lipstick lesbians? No, no, I don't okay. think.
1: I don't think lip- lipstick lesbians.
0: No, go <laughs> it like that. wasn't going to happen. <laughs>
1: no, but I, you know what I mean. Yeah. I've always been kind of fascinated by that culture and that world.
2: Yeah, right? yeah,
1: and so. And it was, but it was more than that. It was attachment. It was, they were cool. They were funny. They joked around like dopey joking around, like, you know, and you'd hear their stories and what's going on in their world and that. So I've always said, whatever it is that AA people say AA is, it went on before we got to AA too, because I experienced it with all my friends, everyone I came in contact with. We were connected. We're connected. Junkies are connected. Yeah, we're connected when we're using. We're connected
0: when we get sober, and when we get sick. You know that, like that, when we get sick together, it's it's painful, but it's incredible connection. You know, as much as you might hate each other, you go through. It's like you go through the mill. You know what I mean? And if you if you get clean with somebody, literally, it's a bond that, that can't be broken almost.
1: No, it's not. There's a couple of guys I got sober with. that I see it at Elvis's school. I mean, just. Like oh my god, we always sooner or later one time. too, I pick this up on Wednesdays and Fridays, and sooner or later, one of us says, "Can you fucking believe this? The three of us are here picking up
2: our kids." Right, right. This is nuts. This is nuts.
0: You know what it sounds right? like to me, Bob?
2: Gratitude. It sounds
0: my like friend. you have a lot to be thankful for on this <laughs> Thanksgiving do. spectacular. I
1: do, I do, and so does everybody. You're
0: you know a wonder. Said. You're a wonderful person, Bob. You really are. You really. I can't. All You I, you yeah. saved my Thanksgiving spectacular from total despair, and I am unbelievably grateful.
1: You know, well, I love you, and and I'm sorry it was a rough year, but you never know what can happen.
0: You never know what can fucking happen, but um, fucking a. Um, I have so many questions that we didn't get to. You know who I want to get on dopey so bad? Fucking uh, Steve C K. <laughs> No, I would love Louis C. K. but I don't think he did that much drugs. You know you know who I want on more than anything is fucking Steve Jones. Are you friendly with
2: him? Oh
1: right. Yeah, I'm pretty I used to be really he helped me a lot early on. He was like there was no denying that the guy in the sex pistols is sober. Are you fucking kidding me, Bob? Right. How much more punk rock can you get than the sex being in the sex
0: pistols? Oh you can't. But I'm yeah. reading his book. His book is insane. Have you read his book? No, it's a, it's he, called Lonely Boy. It's yeah, unbelievable. Him, yeah. It's unbelievable. Well,
1: it's, do you see his videos that he makes, like on the toilet playing Elvis Presley songs and no, stuff?
0: No, where do I see you them? You gotta
1: follow him on Instagram.
0: I do, I do follow him. I haven't seen them. I have to, he I have to look his them up.
1: Videos. I don't know how I get them. They come on my phone. They just crack me up.
0: I like, I like, like listen. A
1: good Steve Jones story. Want to hear it?
0: Oh, definitely.
1: I was a kid. I, you know, I was, you know, twenty years old. 1981 and i um had a club in hollywood called after everything else it was an after hours club on friday it's
0: it was your nights. club
1: it was my club me and my first wife she was like six years older than me and she was a real hipster like connected punk rock gal so we had this thing called after everything else and and so the Red Cross guys, Jeff and Steven, were my friends, and they said, hey, you know, Steve, Steve Jones wants to jam with us. And I was like, holy shit, let's try to orchestrate that. And then we got Don Bowles to be the drummer. So it was Don Bowles from the Germs, Jeff and Steven from Red Cross, and Steve Jones playing guitar, right?
2: <laughs> and,
1: and they were going to play Sex Pistols songs and Red Cross songs and Stooged songs and whatever right. at my club. Right. And so this is the first time I ever meet Steve Jones. And, and I go to the rehearsal, and I got to pay for the rehearsal. And then Steve Jones doesn't have a guitar or an amp. This is when he was still on dope. Right. And he doesn't have a guitar and amp. So I bring my friend, Chris Hansen's guitar and amp. He's got a little tiny Yamaha 50 watt amp and an SG guitar. Shitty, you know, shitty setup, but it's the only thing I could get. So I bring it. Steve Jones shows up about two hours late for rehearsal, which is perfect. And then um, I say, I'm the one promoting the show, and I'm so excited you're gonna do this. And he takes the guitar and he kind of looks at it, and then he takes the Yamaha thing. And he literally, this is what a genius musician he is. He makes this shitty little amp and this fucking added tune, or, you know, doesn't stay in tune SG, sound like Steve Jones. It was unbelievable. It sounded exactly like the Sex Pistols guitar. And I remember as a kid, there was rumor that Chris Spedding, this other guitar player, played guitar, and that Steve Jones can't really play guitar. And in that moment, we were all, da- we were all just standing there like, that is fucking amazing.
2: You right. can
1: make it sound like that, and so we do the rehearsal. And there's a little break after like five songs, and he comes up and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna need some money before the gig." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and I, I I was a trust fund kid, so I was like, oh, "Okay." And so I remember I gave him a hundred dollars, which a hundred dollars in like 1980 or 1981 was a lot of money, and and then. You know he rehearsed one more song and he said, Okay, I'll see you guys at the gig, and blah, blah blah And then he just disappeared, and we never saw him, he never showed up at the gig. <laughs> 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 and, and, and so then I tell him this story years later, and he kind of didn't remember, but he goes, Lucky I didn't pitch your whatever the English term for steal, I didn't, you know, steal your guitar, did I? Because that was his
0: regular mo. I know, I know. I know. He, like the Sex Pistols' whole sound system was like stolen from a Genesis concert. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's insane. I love it. So That's a
1: great. He's thing. the greatest, and 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 so when I he was an inspiration to me to be sober. Like there was no denying because I had this thing. I'm a rock and roller. I'm a, I'm a punk rocker. I don't live by any rules. And then I knew that this guy who invented not living by any rules, which I was just a pale imitation of. Was sober and it was very inspiring.
0: It's amazing.
1: And for that, I am grateful. I am grateful for
3: Steve Jones. I am grateful for the Sex Pistols.
0: Yes, yes, Bob. And I'm grateful. <laughs> and I'm grateful for you. And so, just I wish love you. Well, I love you too. And wish the uh, Dopey Nation a happy Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, Dopey Nation. But don't be too great. Don't be phony. Yeah, great.
0: don't be too phony really grateful. Great. Actually, if you're grateful, be grateful. <laughs> Otherwise, just fucking don't do it. <laughs> I agree. Cat
1: Stevens, if you want to be grateful, be grateful, and if you don't want to be grateful, don't be grateful.
0: Yeah, don't be grateful. Anyway, don't be grateful. Bob, right, see
1: you. See you around
0: the bend. You're the best. Later. I love you. Bye bye. So the great and grateful, or even ungrateful, uh, Bob Forrest, fucking rock and roll legend, fucking junkie legend, and even more so, recovery legend, recovery celebrity. Who is uh, nestled nicely into the fabric of what we love to call the Dopey Nation? Uh, And I'm super grateful for that. You know, it's so cool. Um, When Chris and I started this thing, we never would have imagined uh, a community uh, sprouting up the way it has, and Bob and the Don't Die people and uh, Los Angeles and Malibu and Sacramento and Wisconsin. It's just it's cool to be aligned with uh so many cool people in recovery. Um and, and uh and we owe it all to um I don't know what we owe it all to. I guess we owe it all to uh hard work, persistence, uh Bob coming into my restaurant and then um After that happened, when we when we finally got hooked in with Dr. Drew, fucking the great Susan Pinsky hooked us up with the next piece, and the next piece is a crazy interview with Andy Dick. So the uh, dopey Thanksgiving spectacular rolls on. That was Bob Forrest with his hardcore recovery, and this is Andy Dick with probably a little less hardcore or less than hardcore recovery. Here we go.
2: Are you recording?
0: I am recording. That's the way professionals do it.
4: Smart, smart man. How are you today? I Me,
0: mean, I'm very excited to have the legendary Andy Dick on our show after having attempted to have you on the show for two years. Where are you? Maybe two and a half years. Where are you?
4: I, my girlfriend, uh, wanted to, yes, by the way, I date girls. You dumbass.
0: Everybody knows you. Everybody knows that you like to go both ways. As far as I knew, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. True or false? True. Okay. This
4: girl is so hot. How old? At uh, thirty, which is, by the way, a little old for me. I'm
0: sure she's. I'm sure she's a very beautiful woman, Andy. Uh, huh.
4: She lo- she looks like she's 21, but she's 30. She just turned 30. We've been dating for six months. <clears throat> she's awesome. You like her. Smart as hell, funny. She went to Columbia University.
0: Nice. You like her? You're happy?
4: Yeah, I love her. Only girl I ever asked to marry me,
0: ever. And the other ones, I was married twice, and
4: they, I, we got married because we had babies. And I'm like, oh, I guess we have to get married. Right. She's not very romantic, and not you know a real like asking to get married type situation. It's just literally.
0: Let's go to the courthouse, get this over with. But this one you actually proposed to, did you do it fancy yeah. style?
4: No, because I did a preliminary feeling out the situation right. proposal.
0: Uh huh. That's what, like, yeah. Uh huh.
4: What if I was to ask you?
0: Right. And she said,
4: You're going to have to talk to my father. But anyway, she comes from money and she's beautiful. Like, it's everything I want Because she didn't even know my work I talk about some of my stuff sometimes Like, oh, remember when I did that one thing? She's like, no You know I don't know your stuff You know what she does now?
0: Tell me My dick There you go I shouldn't have fallen for that trap That's yeah. th- that's like a classic Dominican trap At the restaurant I work Yeah Um. um does she, she get high?
2: really does a lot she's like, What?
0: Does she get high?
2: Well, I'm not
4: going to tell you her personal life.
0: Do you get but, uh, high? Do you, she, you get high with her?
4: No, 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 no. Listen, she used to live in New York uh-huh. uh, during the punk scene in uh-huh.
0: the '90s, uh-huh.
4: and she was like literally at Studio 54. And-
0: I don't think those things jibe together. Studio 54, the '90s, and the punk scene. How do those things go together?
4: You'd have to ask her. Do you want me to go? Want me to go get her? No,
0: I want to know about you. Uh, then yeah, we could then do her. I keep
4: asking about her
0: because uh, I'm stupid. I'm 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 starstruck over You're the phone.
4: So retarded. Yeah. So, but anyhow, I'm staying at a hotel called the East West in Koreatown, and I say it's like I'm Bukowski. Did Bukowski ever stay at the Chelsea?
0: Probably. Everybody yeah. did,
4: right? So I'd say it's like that, but just a little more upper crusty. You know, like, but my room is really small, but it's, I love it. There's exposed brick. I'm on the top floor. It's from the 20s.
0: But you're in Los Angeles, right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, Koreatown.
0: So why, don't you live out there?
4: Yeah. So I sold my house way quicker than I thought, and I had to just get out. I had to bolt.
0: So you're between between domiciles.
4: Yeah, but what happened is my friend said, look, I'll put you in this hotel by me, this guy that I work with. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, hook it up. $125 a night. And I'm like, this is great. But I can only really do like two or three nights here. I I don't want to be, that's just, that's already like a thousand bucks. You know, or no, no that's $300 300 What's i am your... not good at math I'm not good at math but here's my point I realized after the second night I said oh, I wonder if they do because I was just getting used to the 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 luxury of it all and
0: the this, amenities beer, of hotel the living the
4: amenities and, that, yeah, and here's my bit and I've been working on this bit for, I tell it to everybody can I get a better deal than $125 a night you know like well, well what I'm like I don't know. I, I, it'd be nice just to get a deal. It's like, well, that would depend on your budget. And then we <laughs> had this. Then we had this stare off, where he's behind the front desk and I'm just staring at him, thinking, "What should I say? My budget is?" I said, "I guess my budget is. It's between. It's like between." Okay. And he he stared back and he said, "Yeah, we can work with that." I said, great, I'll take the and so I pay a little over dollars a night at this luxury hotel.
0: Do you think your celebrity has anything to do with him oh, making yeah, the yeah, deal? Yeah, of
4: course. Yeah, of course. They they just reopened, they just redid it and it's called the East West Hotel. It's phenomenal. So at the hotel, I got that deal, and then I was up in there and it took me three days to realize this is incredible. But so this this standard of living and let me let me describe it. Let's say I my toilet paper is running low. Yes. Okay. I call down to the front desk and say, My toilet paper's running low. Could you please bring some up? And they do, no cost to the buyer. <laughs>
2: okay.
4: And that's the running joke. And then I want you to come up with ones to so start thinking. But Oh, you know when I leave like I am now, I'm at the Broad Museum in downtown LA. What is
0: That's the what Broad Museum?
4: Oh, you're going to I am in awe. I, I I said we we have to leave right now. It's too overwhelming. They have Basquiat, Warhol, uh Moreau, Lichtenstein, Warhol, every
0: You said columnist. Warhol You said Warhol twice. Do they have oh, uh, a have- do they have Mondrian?
4: Both Warhols. Nice. Oh, no, you know Sandy Warhol.
0: Yes, of course. His sister. Yes. Yeah.
4: So if I, I went to this museum, and when I come home, yes, the bed that we fucked in all night, the, and it's like the sheets are off, pretty much. They're going to be back on and made and pulled down by the maids. The whole place is going to be clean, garbage taken out. And you know what? No cost to the buyer. Fancy. Yeah, very fancy. Now you come up with one before I do another one. Oh, wait. I want to watch CNN. My girlfriend loves watching CNN. And, you know, I just turn on the cable. Or we can watch an HBO movie. No cost to the buyer.
0: Let me ask you this. If you've no, you
4: got to come up with one
0: first. If you're having a drink in the hotel room, yeah. And you find that the drink is not as cold as you'd like it to be. Can you perhaps call down to the lobby and maybe ask for them to give you ice? Yes. No cost to the buyer. Was that good enough for you? Yeah, that was good. And also, if it gets hot,
4: we both have different temperatures. I can blast the AC, but I want fresh air. So I turn on the AC, full blast, and open up all the windows. No
0: cost to ugh tire can you turn can you open the windows in your hotel yeah cause most hotels no. you can't open the windows
4: well this is it's only there's only four floors so if I jumped out I'd probably just
0: break my ankles so lucky, lo- don't worry yeah. about that do you that do you smoke me. cigarettes nope do you smoke never. do you smoke weed
4: never have yeah
0: do you smoke it's weed in the much. hotel room
4: uh, I'm not supposed to but I have and I, I bring friends over I I was getting my key out a little too, because like, I was so excited about it. But I, I just, uh, to, yesterday, changed my key, and I'm not giving it out anymore.
0: Who are I, you giving like, it out to?
4: Oh, God, random hooligans, thieves, bandits, crooks, faggots.
0: Why are you doing that?
4: Because I, I love people. I like hanging out. But I, I'm not doing it anymore. I stopped doing
0: it. Do you smoke cocaine ever still? Do I, who? Do you smoke coke still or crack? I never smoke. I you, never smoked. You never smoke crack? No. And you never free-based coke? N-
4: no. Never? I, there were there were times when uh people would sprinkle it in the,
0: in the cigarette joint. or in the joint.
4: Yeah. Oh no. well, a- yeah, and my no, I I've never smoked a cigarette. I, I never have not even one. Wow. In fact, I'm throwing up thinking about how my friend would Dip it into the co- I would snort Coke, but he would dip his cigarette into it and then smoke it. I'm like, it just is gross to me. When they well, put, the, when they because put. Because of the tobacco.
0: Well, because tobacco is filthy. To um, it's bad, it's gross. But man. I smoked cigarettes forever. I stopped smoking last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. But when you used to put Coke in the joint, did you have a name for that kind of a joint? No,
2: I didn't. Yeah, I don't
4: remember what
0: they called it. Was it a no, woolly?
4: No, that's not the name I heard, but they would do it not tell me. In fact, recently somebody I was I was literally drinking orange juice and at the no, what was because it was more clear. I made a drink and at the end of it I saw a white powder in the bottom of the drink. And I'm like, did somebody uh crush a pill and put in my drink because that's not cool. And they did because I like passed out. It's horrible.
0: So what did what did they spike your fucking orange juice with?
4: I don't know. It wasn't orange juice, it was some it was a I think it was one of those vitamin drinks.
0: Yuck. Do you know what you uh, know what Europeans call Orangina? Orangina. No they call it Orangina. No they don't. Yes they do. They do. I work in a restaurant and they say, can I please have some orangina? And it's my favorite fucking thing in the world. I love that.
2: <laughs> that's
0: is hysterical. Isn't it? You can yeah, use that. If you want to use that I joke, that. please. Well,
4: I love I'm going, I'm, I'm only going to use it on my kids because they love that shit. My yeah. kids, you know, are kind of worldly a little bit. You know, when I did Zoolander 2 a couple years ago, it was kind of a flop, you know, and they cut me out. That's why it was a flop, because they cut me, <laughs> they come me out. But Ben Stiller was so generous. I was only on the set for one day, uh-huh. but he flew my whole family out. And we stayed in Rome for a month. Paramount and Ben gave my family and I the uh, vacation of a lifetime, the best vacation we've ever had. And they were drinking Orangina.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> the <whole> time. <laughs> There you go. Love it over there. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, um, were you in the Were you in the first Zoolander or no? Yes. See, that was a huge fucking hit. Everybody loved that movie. I never even. You
4: know, know it was written for me. Uh, It was written for me, Ben and I. It was I was supposed to be Mugatu. You know that, right? It was written for me and Ben, and I was. You know this, right?
0: No, I don't know. Tell me.
4: Well, I was on a TV show, and I was contractually obligated to do the TV show.
0: That and was news radio.
4: No, it was a, it was a small show that lasted six episodes called Go Fish. I've done a lot of TV shows.
0: Uh-huh.
4: Uh huh. That that one was with Joe Flaherty, you know, from SCTV. Right. I love him, and one of the the uh, Culkin brothers. The young one, I can't remember his name.
0: Kieran Culkin, perhaps? Yeah,
4: yeah, I think it was him.
0: And it prevented you from having your starring yeah, fucking Zoolander. I,
4: I, 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 I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the part that was written for me. And Ben was calling me at home saying, just walk away from that show, trust me. And I should have trusted him. I fucked up. I right. fucked up. The guy that wrote it, by the way, Drake Sather, was a very good friend of mine. He wrote these short films for Ben and I. Uh, playing those characters for the VH1 Fashion Awards. Right. And we did those, and it was me as Mugatu, but that wasn't my name on mine, and then him as, I'm not sure if he, he was called Zoolander back then, but he was the model, I was a fashion designer, and he was in my short films and vice versa, and then they made a film out of it. They wrote this film, Drake Sather wrote it, and then, he had just a horrible tragic, it, you know. Because <laughs> this is supposed to be, a, this show is about drugs and shit, but I think he was doing drugs, this guy, and he, he you know, shot his head off. I can cut right to the chase. Who's that? Drake Sather, the, the guy that rose
0: Oh, in. my God, it, that's terrible. While um, he was
4: on, while he was on the phone.
0: With who? his wife,
4: his, or with his wife. It's really tragic, and he was a good friend of mine. I did. yeah, it was like horrific. But anyhow, uh, I wasn't in Zoolander. I mean, I, I have tiny little cameos, but that was one. There, I have about ten or twenty uh, major career fuck ups where I'm like, don't feel like it, and. That one wasn't. a don't feel like it. I literally couldn't do
0: it. When you were on that show with Kieran, but I should
4: have walked away.
2: I should have walked away from the TV show. Done, Superman. Well,
0: before. listen, man. Wh- okay, I have so many questions. Uh, I, 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 w- the, I guess I'll just. Did you have? Did you have any weird run-ins with Macaulay Culkin when you did the Kieran Culkin show, or no? Uh,
2: I I had run-ins with him,
4: not on that show. I was. That's another one. They wanted me to be in. Uh, what is it called? Part. Twenty-four hour party people.
0: Yeah, that was a good movie.
4: Uh, I don't, I don't remember what part they wanted me for, but I just—that was At a time when I was just the '90s for me, I was overwhelmed and overworked.
0: Well, that was and your. I was
4: trying to have
2: fun.
0: That so, was your decade, though. Night, you were but. incredibly successful in the '90s. You probably made yeah. boatloads of money. You know something you don't know is that yeah. I, I met you in the '90s. I, so met I, you, I met you on Greenwich Avenue in Manhattan at, like, 5 in the morning, and I was with my girlfriend, and I was incredibly high, and you were on the street going someplace, and you were very nice. You, yeah, well, always nice. You, you made an amazing impression on me. Thank and, when, you. and whenever anybody says anything nasty about you, I say, that's not the Andy that I met. The Andy oh, that I met was too. super sweet. You know, that is, that's nice of you. Not yeah. to mention, I I loved you on News Radio, and I love yeah. you uh, whenever you're on these roasts. Uh, and I
4: and I and I, and
2: well, I
0: are, I'm, I'm done
4: with those. But you know, you know, I was thinking about News Radio. You know how they're they're rebooting all these fucking shows. Like, yeah. Why not News Radio, dude?
0: I don't know. You yeah. tell me. The question is, I saw uh, you on that show, um, the Sober House show. Right? Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. So the question is... Two. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's how I got in touch with you is through Dr. Drew's amazing wife. She's a, she's a crazy dopey helper. She helps my yeah, show Susan a lot. Pinsky. Susan Pinsky. Susan Pinsky. Susan, Pinsky. Susan Pinsky, I love her. So, she's a good, very good friend of mine. I, I love her. She loves you too. But I'm, I, I want to hear about where you're at. What's going on with you? Now? Yeah. I'm
4: doing fine. Yeah? I'm maintaining... Yeah, I'm be great. you clean? You know, I smoke a little pot here and there. My girlfriend likes to smoke pot.
0: I used to love so to smoke pot. You, I
4: used to. What about I don't, drinking? My lungs can't have, you know, maybe I might have a drink here and there. But, you know.
0: Do you miss recovery at all or no? I
4: am a different breed, if you ask me, which you are. I am, yeah. Um, I feel I don't like any of the terms So if you're going to throw these terms out I'm going to start shutting down I don't like the word alcoholic I don't like the word disease I didn't say I alcoholic like, or
0: disease I don't like the word recovery <laughs> I said recovery, I did I know Okay, I'm sorry But the
2: other ones were coming No so way I'm just, so I'm just warning you I would never so,
0: I would never you oh my God, me? Somebody you
4: kidding Somebody just walked by smoking a joint Are you fucking kidding me?
0: No, that's, that's God working for us right now. You're a different breed. Come on, talk to me.
2: Well,
4: I was just telling my friend today how Alice Cooper, who, you know, I don't even know his music, but the guy, you know, this rock and roll guy in his 70s yes. is still is still fucking touring. He flew me out to Ohio to see a concert. Uh, Hung out with his snake Yes And he did this great fucking He's a showman
0: He's sober
4: I know
0: He's an alcoholic Who's in recovery And he's sober Oh
4: I know But I don't know What was my point Um, You're a different breed That I look up That I Yeah And he's one of them too Like he should be dead I looked at some old videos Of him And he's like Falling over on stage with a boy. he looked like Amy Winehouse, right. you know, during her bad years. But she died. Yeah, you know, and but he didn't. And that's my point. So there are some people that are just made to survive. My girlfriend this morning, after we fucked all night, said said because somebody was telling me I looked good. She's like, you do look good. You your your body is is defies. Logic, gravity, or logic—that's what she said. Yes, that's what she said. Yeah.
0: So let me—I, I, you know—it's like you don't want to talk about, you know, sober versus drunk or whatever. Yeah, um,
2: talk about anything.
0: When's the last time you went to a fucking meeting?
4: Okay, Jesus, is this some kind of fucking podcast intervention?
0: No, this um, is. A, um, listen, okay, you do me a favor.
4: How long? How long have you been sober, Sonny?
0: I've been sober three years and two months.
4: Good for you, boy.
0: That's the furthest I ever got.
4: That's actually long. I what's the furthest ever, you ever got? Three about three years. But I've done it a bunch of times. I did do, do a year here, six months here, a month here, two years here, three years here, two and a half years here. Like
0: when was the last time you had some time? Yesterday. No, do me a favor, Andy. Do me right. just stick with me on this. Just do me the favor and talk to me about this, please.
4: My new thing is I don't really want to talk about my personal uh, drug and or alcohol abuse. And and it, it is and or because I really am doing I'm not doing anything. I'm kind of one of my here. Here's what I'll tell you. One of my biggest addictions, probably my biggest is sex. I love this girl. I made her come. 30 times in the last two days I count
0: well I think that's uh, that's incredible and I commend you well, for that
4: well no I think it's a problem
0: you know that's I, not a problem like, the problem well, is gets
4: to the point where I'm sleeping and she cl- climbs back up I mean I, I need I need to sleep
0: can I ask you a controversial question well, yeah what happened where you got kicked out all this licking people or where you got kicked out where you fondled the people at the roast or whatever what's the story with that Give me some juice here, man. Give me something good. Oh, shut up. I, I gave you the whole orangina get, bit. Can't you give I me something? Get, <laughs>
4: I didn't get kicked out of those rows. I I licked Princess Leia's cheek. I gra- you know, I like grabbed onto Pamela Anderson's boots. I I I, I put my face into uh, Tommy Lee's crotch. Yeah. yeah, and that was just—it's all for show to be funny. Yeah, well, and I didn't get kicked out of there. I was in the show. They love that shit. When you know, it's kind of like I've been trained by the audiences throughout the years to be like that. Which by like, I never wanted to be that outrageous. I I just want to be. I I'm going to be in a movie. By the way, coming out. It's like this thirty million dollar movie that I don't even know the name or anything so don't ask but I'm gonna be like it's gonna be dramatic it's gonna be dramatic
0: well what do you think about it like when people who are really out of control on drugs and alcohol and they get their shit together and then does it how does it make you feel like I mean I'm sure you feel like I'm sure you feel good for them but do you wish that you were like I mean like you were were, I don't know how to phrase this do you don't miss being sober you don't miss, like, having a program and fucking having more choices and, you know, being wanted to be on every TV show and every movie and all that stuff?
4: No, I don't, I don't want to work that much. But first of all, I'm not. You, you're talking to me like I'm out of my mind, drunk and high. I'm not either of those. I'm sober right now. Okay. This is how I am. During that three years of sobriety, I went to the standard hotel Uh and I went to the bar, which I can't remember what it's called, the little volume store and by myself, sober as a deacon, as a, sober as a church mouse. And, uh, Sean Penn was there and he was there alone. It was Thanksgiving. I was having some kind of family, like, dilemma, and I was just there alone, and so was he, but he was drinking, he was like drinking whiskey or whatever, scotch or whatever you call it, and I said, well, I'm, I'm not drinking these days, and he said to me, wow, I really, really want to be more like you, I'm trying to get there, and I, I thought, I remember thinking, really, so you want to be miserable like me, because sometimes sobriety is miserable
0: all right here we go i'm
4: sure you don't want to hear
0: that i do no i do this is i really want to hear about that um
4: there so anyways i met this guy and i moved into the east west hotel i met a guy that lived right in the building next door because if i'm feeling low down i just have to walk around the block and people want to take my picture and say hi, and they love me, this and that. It really picks up my mood. This guy was so sweet, he was with a girl. I said, come over to my hotel, let's have fun. We went over, we hung out, he was smoking pot. I don't even think I was doing anything. And then he went home, and two hours later he died. What happened? I don't know, I really don't know.
0: How did you find out he died?
4: through another friend that knew him. I think he was 26. And the rumor is uh, that it was fentanyl, which I don't know what that is. I just heard about fentanyl this week. I still don't even know what it is. Do you?
0: Yeah, it's, it's like uh, basically synthetic heroin that they make in China and that they're putting in all the drugs and it's super cheap and super powerful and it kills everybody. It probably killed my friend Chris, who I used to do the show with. It killed one of that, my other best friends over the summer. Tell me
4: that, because that made me cry when you were telling me that in the pre-interview. The pre,
0: I, I think the pre-interview is way better than the interview. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Because thirty second pre interview, I love that pre interview. It was like my best pre interview I ever did.
4: Thirty seconds, I said, "Save it." This is what I meant by save it for the podcast. Tell me now what happened with this guy. How long were you working with him? How long did you know him?
0: Well, he was my he was. I mean, everybody who basically I met him eight years ago in rehab, and um, and then both of us. Eight years ago.
4: So you went to how many
0: rehabs did you go to? In my career as a drug addict, I went to a million. I, I went to two good ones, and I went to.
2: I went it, to twenty-three.
0: I went to infinite public ones, infinite shitty detoxes. My my partner went to fifteen private ones. You went to twenty-three. Which was your favorite? Uh, and the bar. <laughs> was there was there was there any that were were there, there any?
4: Sometimes you know the the one when I went when, when it went to soba. In Malibu, I stayed for two years. That was just a couple of years ago. I stayed there. I lived on the beach. I ran on the beach every day. I swam every fucking day for two miles. That's why I'm 52 and I look
0: like I'm 22. So you enjoyed that place? I was
4: sad and lonely and a little bit miserable, but you know, I, that's why I had to swim. If I didn't swim or walk on the beach every day, I would be crying. You know, I, I'm like a troubled person.
0: Well, what is the tr- what, what, are you, what are you feeling? You feel lonely? You feel sad?
4: Yeah, but that's why I, I don't need drugs and alcohol right now because I met this girl, I can't believe it. I haven't dated anybody in, well, it's been two years. The last one was at, so- at Soba. I dated one of the girls there. What's uh, SOBA? SOBA, it's just a, it's a recovery center in Malibu.
0: Okay, so you were sober dating somebody who who was SOBA in SOBA, and, you, and did yeah. you like it?
4: Oh yeah, I loved her, I miss her. She now works for a senator.
0: And she's Washington. clean, she's clean.
4: Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think so. I don't talk to her much. She did that classic millennial thing uh where she ghosted me uh. but at once a month almost like clockwork she will call me uh late at night and i just try to keep her on the phone because i just you know what, what i mean i miss her titties <laughs> she just really have the best but she i i dated her when she was 20 and i was like 48 or whatever year it was almost. Come on! What else do you need to know? I, I want, now I'm starting to miss my girlfriend. Uh,
0: give me, give me one horrible drug story. Well, there's a
4: few. The, everyone, the the worst ones, weirdly, always involve that uh, GHB. Because okay. I guess I just don't know how to do it. But uh, this was like five or whatever years ago. I was at the W Hotel. Not allowed there. I'm on the permanent no-fly list at the W and um somebody had this uh water bottle you know just like an arrowhead water bottle filled with water but they said no this isn't water
2: <laughs>
4: this isn't water yes this, it's uh, ghb and they were pouring it into the cap you know the little uh-huh. like a thimble full of the stuff i'm like do you guys even know how to do drugs and I grabbed it, and I chugged I the whole bottle. And basically I died. I died on the bed in the hotel room on the 22nd floor. But I came back to life. And when I came back to life, everybody was standing around me crying. And I only had one friend there with me. Everybody else was like an NBA star and like I didn't know anybody I said why are you guys crying can somebody get me a beer and I was like back to life my friend later told me that when I was dead like he said I literally was dead Right. he said when I was dead the the people in the room were saying let's just throw him over the balcony and say that he jumped
0: oh yeah Classic, that's horrible. classic drug addict behavior. Horrible. That's what that's what they do. You know, they want they yeah, don't. The, yeah. the
4: takeaway is only do a thimbleful of GHB.
0: Yes. Wait, that's the, w- the takeaway. One more question. Okay. Okay. When you
2: have,
4: Me you can meet my girl. Maybe she'll say hi because she's very private. I'm, I'm, yeah, you won't even see her. Except if you look at my Instagram story. Yeah, I'm right dying.
0: I'm dying to see her.
4: Yeah, you'll you'll get a glimpse of her because I like pass by her when I'm showing the boreholes and licks and I I'll just I'll brush by her with my camera.
0: All right, here's one more question before I, you run away. Um, when you gave up your longest bit of time, how did it end?
4: It always ends because. And here's here's another, it's a good question, because I get so fucking miserable or depressed or or angry or all of the above, and I'm like, either I'm going to fucking shoot my head off or hang myself, or I'm going to take a drink, okay? And that's what I wish people that killed themselves, that were sober, you know, it's just just, why don't we just go out and grab a drink, real quick? Let's we'll, we'll see how you feel. You can always get sober again, like I do. But don't kill yourself. The fuck.
0: Dude? Right. It's the end.
4: Have you ever been suicidal?
0: Um, I I was at a point where I would have loved to have died. You know, and I and I shot a yeah. shitload of heroin and I took a shitload of uh, Xanax and Clonopins. It was like a, a New Year's Eve. And I was by myself, and uh, and I had hundreds and hundreds of dollars of heroin, and uh, you know I probably took 20, 20 Xanax or something, and uh, and thought that that would be a nice way to not wake up for the new year. But I woke up the next yeah. day high, and that was it. You know, I was never wow. totally suicidal. Were you ever totally suicidal? No. no. Um, let me ask. I, I you,
4: love
0: life. Let me ask you this: Do you think but that you, I get?
4: I get to a place where I'm like, if it happened and if I happen to die, so be it, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. But not now. I have this girl, I'm doing great. I live in the hotel, Right. You know, can I tell you something about the hotel? Sure. I can leave the lights on all day and night, no cost to the buyer.
0: You're a wonderful person. Do you know that? I'm so happy you came back to your no cost of mm. the buyer let me ask you I, this yeah, let me ask I, you this yeah, do but, you um, think um, you'll ever try to get uh, into into recovery again or no well
2: okay first of all remember I don't like that word
0: but um, well you know what I, what's a word you like how do you describe it
4: you're either you know sober or not I don't even like that word well, what word do you things, like are, there's no words it's just like just take care of yourself I remember being at Alanis Morissette's house yeah uh, for one of her parties mm-hmm. I, I've known her for years I was on her show called I'm with the band and it was on Comedy Central and I, I remember just being so proud that I was sober for like a year and a half or something and I I was telling her you know I've, I've been sober for a while now and she didn't give a shit she literally looked at me she stared at me put her hand on my heart on my chest and said what, how, whatever you feel in here.
0: Well, she's quite a hippie, though, right?
4: Uh, yeah, but she doesn't do drugs and she doesn't abuse them. But I she doesn't known, know the misery I that you put. Known, I'm sorry. I have been known to abuse drugs and alcohol, but I don't. I don't. I'm not right now because of this girl.
0: Right. You know? So and you, I just you're enjoying the sex and the fucking. I you know, love it,
4: I'm at the fucking Broad Museum. You, you'll you go nuts, if you come to LA, you have to go. But the thing is, is that there was a line. There was a line of like 200 people. I'm like, she's like, no, oh, let's not go today. I'm like, no, oh, hang on a minute. Let me, let me use my invisible passport. And we were still in the Uber, we didn't even get out yet. And the the guy, the Uber guy's like, what's the invisible passport? And I'm like, and I just I framed my face with my fingers, like,
0: right here. My face. You know who you remind me of? Um, oh, yeah. And I never met this guy. But did you ever see the movie about Peter Sellers? It was on HBO. No,
2: it was. A, I love Peter. Why hold are you on. Bringing, you, I remind you of Peter Sellers
4: because you, he's my idol.
0: Dude. He's like
4: I, my favorite.
0: I, I didn't know I'm that.
4: I'm inspired by him. You all well, know it. That's weird. I'm Ah, honored that you said that. Dude,
0: the movie's called The Life and Death of Peter Sellers.
2: Are you kidding me? I remind you of him.
0: You remind me of him because of the invisible passport and your love of the celebrity. Well,
4: I made a life for myself accidentally, by the way, because at first I didn't like it. But then I just said, I just have to embrace it. In fact, somebody called me the other day and said, what what should I do? I'm I'm starting to get uh, inundated by people coming up to me in the streets. And, uh, you know, recognizing me and wanting me to take pictures. I'm like, and what's the problem? Like embrace it, smile, say thank you so much. That's what I do every time. And by the way, I want to tell you one thing. Uh, this new this app called me. They, one of the executives named Kara called me Cameo. It's an app. I've been on it for just a few weeks. Okay.
0: It's called so Cameo. God. Is this a plug Cameo. for an app?
4: You, you, yeah, but also no, it's plug for me. on yeah, So what is it? Now, you do shouts out for people and they pay for it. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, let me try. Let me try it out. You really think people will want that? And then I thought, yeah, they want it. If I walk around the block, I've been doing it for free for 30 years. So I said, let's get on it. They have to pay for me to do a shout out. Happy birthday to you. You know, my aunt wants you to say congratulations on her new job. Mm, tell my friend Ryan that I think about his mother when I masturbate. Sometimes I think about him, but mostly his mother. It, it, there's all kinds of weird shit. With me, they do get raunchy. I bet. And it can either be hidden or in public. And they pay me.
0: How much know, do they pay you for a message?
4: They told me to put it low at first. So I put it at the. For one, you know, thing, and it, I got overwhelmed. It, it became over. That's the other thing that's making me happy. It's drugs. This, this this app.
0: No, no, the app. The, the, to get money for doing this shit, it's like drugs. What's your rate? How yeah, much does yeah. it cost to get no, you to do one? No,
4: it's not. No, it's not about the money. It's about the thrill then creative again being wanted like they, when they when they say please talk to my brother he's being mean to our mother and this and that way like, wow i have to think about what should I, I write a script i i edit it i set up the lighting i i changed the locate i just did one here at the museum uh and then i and i then i do it and if it's not good i can redo it Redo i only do i only will redo it three times by the third time i'm like I, come on i'm not getting paid that much but it's like i have a tv show where i'm the director writer editor producer act i'm everything it's like having the Andy dick show again but i don't have to go to the studio and be there for 16 hours a day i can be at the fucking museum with my girlfriend i can be on the phone with you i can be at home masturbating and then one comes in and I just pop it out and I'm kind of living off it and, and it's fun and creative that's and great. by the way I'm like number one on the app now
0: that's fucking cool and you, and you make know. good money at it how much does it cost mm-hmm. to, to get you to do something
4: why don't you go buy one see for yourself
0: alright um, is that why you asked me if I was going to pay you to come on Dopey because that's your new well, thing yeah. pay to play kind of thing
4: well yeah well, I like well, it. I'm getting well. I'm getting um, what is it? getting. Uh, don't worry about how much I'm getting it, but yeah, yeah. People are, you nice, So I still get paid. Daddy is still constant.
0: Out of but all I'm of the kidding. shows you did, which was your favorite, Andy, Andy Dick show? show? It was, yeah, because sure. it had your well, name. It has
4: my name in the title, yeah. And I could do anything, and I was the boss. But it also was the hardest,
0: right? Because you had to carry it. it.
4: Yeah, when when they canceled it. By the way, oh, you were asking me what makes you. Fall off the wagon because that was when I had three years over. Right. When they canceled it, I think it only took a week before I was smoking a joint in a hot tub with some random guy. Because right. he lit up a joint. He was hot. I'm like, fuck it. Just, just hand it. Let me out. And then we were fucking that night. And then, and then when you mix sex and drugs like that, uh, it, just not a good uh, combo. Why not? Well, because you're marrying them together. It's like me being on stage at Second City, uh, you know, in Chicago and LA, and be going on stage, but drinking a few beers before I go on stage, you know, because it's in a, it's in a bar. I, I married the two.
0: So you're drunk. Uh, you get the the, the thrill of oh, being high.
4: tipsy or tipsy, and you don't have to be drunk. But I'm just saying that. To get married uh, and it's a dysfunctional marriage. You don't need it, you know. I'm, my best shows are when I'm not drunk at all. You know, I do these runs for like a year or two years at a club and completely sober. A lot. And those and I, are the best they, they, ones. They, always. And they ask me to, uh, they've asked me many, many times to write books and uh, do specials, you know, HBO paid me they paid me to write one uh like ninety thousand dollars. i wrote it then okay now we're gonna shoot i'm like decided i don't want to shoot it why i didn't i I didn't think it was good enough you know that's the other thing if i don't think i can do justice to the part or to the project i have to say no that's like me as an artist that's why i've been going on and on and on but 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 like I said, I've made many, many mistakes. Another one I just remembered was Dodgeball. Ben wanted me to do a part in that, but I literally couldn't see how I could make it funny. So I said, I'm going to bow out on this one because I just, I don't get it. And I don't... uh...
0: Dodgeball is funny. That was a funny movie. Okay,
4: Ben, we'll hang up at this one. What? We'll We'll just... I'm gonna go start walking in.
2: I'm
0: gonna let you say hi to her. That's it. Wait, 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 wait. What's your I biggest regret?
2: Fucking get through dodgeball.
0: It's because I thought dodgeball was funny. I was high. What do you want from me? That's the end of the interview. Go, I like. I thought get dodgeball it. was funny. Get it.
4: You said it was over a while ago. Go get high, kid. You need it. No, but say hi to my girlfriend.
0: What's her name? Do you guys bring chicks into the thing?
4: No, I'm not. By the way, I'm not some fucking swinger that has orgies and threesomes. Never? I get
0: asked. Them.
4: I have.
0: Not but good? I don't
4: ever like it. I never like
0: it. When's the last time you did cocaine? Um.
4: I might have done it. Hey, babe. You want to say hi? Don't ask her anything too personal. She's a very private. She wants to say hi.
3: Hello? Yes, hello? How are you? <laughs> Great, how are you? How's the interview going?
0: It's going okay. How are Good. you doing?
3: Great.
0: Nice. Andy says you're 30, but you look like you're 21.
3: <laughs> Ooh, um, I suppose those things are both true.
0: <laughs> so that's great. And how's Andy doing?
3: He's holding up.
0: Is he out of control? No. Okay. Do you get high with him ever? <laughs>
3: Didn't he just specifically ask you to not ask me personal questions?
0: I didn't realize that was a personal question. <laughs> there's, there's a podcast about drugs and addiction. So that's kind of the way I want to go with it. But are you how long I'm are you in Los
5: Angeles? How
0: long are you in Los Angeles for? Do you live there? Oh
3: God. I hope
0: not. Do you love the East West? No charge to the consumer uh policy? <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, you're great. this is hilarious. God, how much ground did you guys cover?
0: Not that much, not nearly enough.
3: He just said a lot of things I've never talked about.
0: <laughs> really interesting. So what are you going to do now?
3: Well, I'd like to go over to Lockwell. It's my day off, so we're doing the museums
0: today. Do you have any sort of uh what do you have any sort of stake in andy's uh how, you've dated him for six months? Are you worried about him being in sobriety or not or any of that shit?
3: Taking care of Andy is difficult. Okay. But I think there are a lot of people who are trying.
0: Well, Andy has to take care of Andy.
3: Oh, you should tell him.
0: (laughs) He tells me that he's not out of control, but I'm asking you. He's not out of control. You're his girlfriend, right? You're six months into this thing, and you're trying to take care of him. Do you ever, like, Like uh, encourage him to go to a meeting or be clean or whatever.
3: Of course, he's telling me that I keep him under control. Well, he says the heart in this man is.
0: He says that he's addicted to having sex with you now. That you're his new drug (laughs) of choice.
3: Well, that's really sweet, actually.
0: Very sweet. But you I've never,
3: should, been with, I've never known a man with a heart like Andy's, and, and we do everything we can to protect it.
0: Well, you should take him to a meeting. Go with him.
3: I'm just not big on God, really, so meetings have never really worked for me. I imagine they'll work well for him. I don't know.
0: The, <laughs> trick, the trick is to not get caught up with God as, like, God at the robe. The idea. I never got past
2: the first one. No. The first one
0: is God. No, but fuck it. No, my sponsor. Did you? Were you in? Were you in recovery at some point, and you gave it up? I was.
2: Yeah.
0: My sponsor always would say. My sponsor was an atheist Jew, an old atheist Jew, and that's what I need. And he would always say that God isn't like Jesus or God. For him, it was a. Are you you listening? This is the most important thing you're ever going to hear. I'm listening. A gift of desperation g o d you know you don't sound desperate, you sound like you have your shit together, and Andy Thank doesn't you. sound desperate, but he I know that uh he could be free. do you know what I'm saying? like he's in you know whatever i don't want I don't want to fucking sell Bibles from door to door. You guys are very sweet to get on the fucking phone with me, and I appreciate it. you understand what I'm saying?
3: Of course, I do. I appreciate you talking to him um he's having quite a lot of fun.
0: What I want now is um, so. You does he ever like? He says he doesn't smoke cocaine. Is that true?
2: Oh god, I hope <laughs> it's
0: true. Um, smoke
2: cocaine? My
0: god! I'm just trying to get to the next point. You think his big problem was with alcohol? If you were going to put a problem on him. Sure. All right. And he said that he went to the museum with his invisible passport to get in. And, and they immediately told him that they didn't have alcohol there, and he said that was cool.
3: Um, I don't think that any of those things happened. He did let us skip the line. I don't know what they said. I you hope know, people don't treat him that way. Maybe it's possible that I don't really know that much about him. No. I think
0: that I do. How often do you hang <laughs> I out was with him? standing right there. <laughs> Does he talk to you about the invisible passport a lot?
3: A I joke, think that's a new joke. <laughs>
0: That's a new bit. <laughs> do people, like, give you a hard time for being with him? Of course. They do. So what do you say to them?
3: Well, I don't tell them.
0: You don't? So it's like a private thing? I'm
3: a very private person.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on our show then. That's cool. Um, well, <laughs> I think do would like, to talk some more. Okay.
3: Excuse me. What the fuck are you talking about?
4: Are you jealous that I went... You know, in
0: front of everybody?
4: Who, me? Yeah, you, no, the other guy on the line was.
0: Well, no, I smart. love your invisible passport. I'm just trying to demine her for some juice. I'm trying to get some dirt out of her.
4: She ain't gonna. You can squeeze her all you want. She's
0: not spilling. She gonna, she's not spilling.
4: She ain't gonna, yeah, she ain't gonna tell you anything. And there's nothing to tell except that. Except what, that what? Oh, so there is something to tell?
0: She says she's worried about you.
4: You're worried about me.
0: She says you're. You get in your own way sometimes.
4: You said that? Sometimes. No, she
0: didn't say that. She didn't say. I'm just kidding. She didn't say that.
4: Uh, and so she knows. She knows we're doing good. She, I love. You don't even know. I feel like at 52, I'm on top of my fucking game. I'm in love again. I told him that I asked you to marry me. By the way, I told. Him. I told you.
0: And she said no, right? <laughs>
4: She said, I told you what she said She, she talked said to my father.
0: No, she said if you go to a meeting And you get 90 days and a chip Maybe I'll do it
4: Oh yeah, I do remember that part
0: I'm sure she did Did you? No 90 days 90 days You'll get your head about you, man If there's anything I can ever do for you Never hesitate to no, ask No, he's,
2: he's a good
4: guy she really is getting mad right now.
0: Go yeah, have she did. Listen, go have no, fun. You
4: both are telling. You literally both said go away. Both of you at the same
0: time. Well, that might be some sort of like God thing. Andy, uh, you, I appreciate your time. Uh, literally at this. Go away. I didn't say go away. Well,
4: she said go outside and you said go have fun.
0: Right. So that must have been crazy go out in stereo in your brain.
4: Well, it's like people are saying go. The word go is the operative verb. Go. Why don't you
0: go get that phone call? Because that's not my call. It's going to stop ringing in a second. Um, Listen. Dude, what did you tell me that you never told anybody? I don't remember. A bunch of things.
4: I tell my girlfriend I have 1.8. Million stories, and every day I give her a couple more. I'll never get through them all.
0: Do you want to give me one more crazy, crazy?
4: Ask me something specific, and I I don't know what your purpose of your show is, but think about that.
0: Well, the purpose of the show is to uh-huh. entertain, is to keep addicts company, is the purpose of the show. And my purpose yeah, I like is to that. I like that. I like that. its to keep addicts company and to show that life in recovery can be fun. Because I have a much more fun life in recovery than I did getting high, personally.
4: Well, you probably were hardcore.
2: You are probably shooting on heroin.
0: Yeah, I was a mess. Give me one more Terrible drug story Give me a good one The story is It's like They they love to Or a story about like You know You said that you were Miserable when you were sober You know
4: But the thing is Is that To be honest with you Please I'm miserable both ways Right I really am But when I If I can just Even it out Smoke a little pot I never take pills Never It's one of my secrets Never It's one of my secrets those are what is killing everybody these days everybody I was in rehab for those two years at SOBA there must have been 20 people that died they were in their 20s
0: from overdosing on pills
4: on on oh actually heroin in, including my roommate like you like your guy yeah so you didn't tell me about that
0: but well stop talking about that well town. what happened was he was clean four years he wow. was um he was uh in a program to become a uh uh psychologist, a PhD for psychology. And um he did the show with me for th- almost three years. He had a serious girlfriend, he was a fucking manager in a sober house. He uh had,
2: so he was kinda like he was kinda like Doctor Drew.
0: He wanted to be Doctor Drew. We actually interviewed Doctor Drew, he actually I was know. treated by Doctor Drew. So was I I know. That's how I know you. Um, but he wanted to be like Dr. Drew, but the difference sure. between him and Dr. Drew is, is Chris was a terrible drug addict. You know, Chris yeah. was and an Dr. IV coke, an huh? Um, Dr.
4: Drew's not a drug addict, but he, Dr. Drew drinks. I've drank, I've had beers with
2: Dr. Drew. That's interesting, where was that? Different parties. You know, he, we go back and forth and we make it clear with
4: each other are you my client now or are you my friend? If you're my friend, I'll have a with <laughs> you. If you're my client, you know, I'm going to tell it to you straight. Right. But by the way, he's out of the addiction industry.
0: He came on he's- Dopey a few times. Um and he does yeah, it he, he, he does an addiction done. podcast. He doesn't work in treatment anymore though, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because it's too much, you know, it's nonstop. stop. And so, so
2: you didn't get
4: to the Horrific ending of your partner And he, he was your It's like your partner Like your comedy partner
0: basically. Well it wasn't like It wasn't Yeah he was I'm I don't know Curry how we, we He was my podcasting partner And we did some funny uh, stuff though If you listen It's like a retarded show It's I'm just I'm
4: not gonna listen but I don't blame you What
0: happened I don't blame you at all What happened what was What
4: happened uh, Can I guess Sure Because What I find when people uh, die from drugs or alcohol, uh, it is not an accident. Um, which now I'm starting to think maybe your your guy was. We used to say that four years, and he probably went back to what he used to do.
0: And no, it was just, I don't think that's right. what happened. Well,
4: my first guess, which was not that, and it always is this: a, a girl, a relationship a relationship gone bad, it will, it's devastating. How many have you had where you're done, the the girl's done, you're done, and you're just devastated? See, that's why I'm in the exact opposite place right now. I'm literally in love.
0: I know, but Andy, you're you're making me nervous because the girl doesn't want people to know she's dating you. She doesn't want people to, to know about it because she's concerned about you. What I would do is I would get your shit together so that you can actually, like, keep it. Because you're going to blow it with this shit. Jesus. You know what I'm saying?
4: No, I, I kind of agree with you.
0: You anyways. know I'm right. Are you kidding me? Shut up.
4: Me? Now what about
2: your friend?
0: He was in a good relationship. I think that he he was so successful in his life. That his body, you know, like the promises in AA, I I feel like he had all of these promises came true, and and then and then something switched in his head, which was like all the promises came true. Now maybe I can have, yeah, maybe I can have all the promises true, and I can get high. I think that's what happened.
4: And then and then what? Now give me the specifics of the day he died.
0: All right. Well, give
4: me me a little bit of leading after, like maybe was doing drugs for like a month or
0: week. I don't know. You know, he was he was acting weird. He lives in Boston, and I live in New York. We would do the podcast. He'd come to New York once a month, and we'd record Uh for five hours. And Uh he had stopped coming. He had an injury. The last time I saw him was at Artie. We went to Artie Lang's Uh, house.
4: There you go. The injury. Yeah that's it yeah okay so he started taking Oxycontin or maybe Percocet or
0: maybe the thing is is the thing is that the
4: that's the the one you know that's the can you put if you want to talk about the real shit that's it all these pills and, and you can you just get sucked into it have you ever had a wisdom tooth taken out they give you Vicodin you're like I took them all in like two days.
2: Yeah, I
0: did the same like,
4: thing. I feel I feel fucking great. This is amazing. To, to the point where like it's so amazing. This is, I can tell. This is dangerous. You know, and it is. Look, how old was your friend?
0: Thirty
4: four. God damn it! Yeah, I'm fifty two. See, and he got sucked into
0: it. Well, by he big, my, big pharma. No, no. Big pharma. That's what Doctor Drew says. That's not what happened. What happened is maybe he took a pill, maybe he confiscated drugs off someone in his sober house, but my friend loved getting away with shit. He loved being squeaky clean to everybody and super smart, and then meanwhile he's smoking crack, and shooting coke and shooting dope, like he would. He had a stash of fucking drugs in his car that nobody oh. knew about. He loved to get away with shit. I think his drug of choice was getting away with shit, and I think that's uh-huh. what happened. I can't
4: understand him. That. I I don't have that. I like telling people. Me too. But I, but that but but that's what I'm learning. That's why I I, I didn't want to you know go full blast with you. Maybe next time I could tell you more. But the um. I'm trying to have boundaries.
0: I would like you, know, you to tell just, me more next time.
4: Fine. And you just you just got yourself another interview. Good job.
0: Thank buddy. you. What I really want is for you to yeah. consider not fucking it up with <laughs> getting your shit together. Because if you do fuck it up, you're gonna be like fucked. Because she is your drug of choice. And you're gonna foul your drug of choice with your old drug of choice and then you're gonna be left yep. fucked. Yeah, that's my my advice to you. And I send my love to and to her. She sounds hot and sweet. Oh, she really is. Um,
4: like I can say if you look at my Instagram story,
0: I'll but, check it out.
4: Oh, oh, hey baby. Um, put her on again for a you. second. Oh, oh she, he wants to say bye to you.
3: Thanks so much for the interview. It seems like it went well.
0: Anyway, thank you for coming on. You were very sweet. Get Andy to a meeting. God can be a gift of desperation. Okay, have Great, fun. Thank you. And let me talk you to too. Andy for a second again. Of course. Okay. Um, what you have to say is you I, say, stay strong, dopey nation, and you say toodles. That's what and Chris then would I can say. Hang up. Yeah, then, then, can then, then up. you can go. Yeah. What, what again? You stay. say, stay strong, dopey nation. Okay. You stay say. strong. Do it again. I, Do it again. I, Do it again. Why are you talking over here? Because I have a problem. No, oh, shut up.
4: Stay strong, dopey nation. Toodles. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Now, is there anything else?
0: I mean, there's tons of stuff. We'll save it for the next time. We'll save it for the next time. You are... Man, a, this
4: is a, just part A.
0: Yeah, part A. Thank you so did much. Did you like Mike.
4: that one, though? I did. You know, I need a little... I need a little... You know, you gotta stroke me a little bit. Dude, but, I loved it. Give me a reach around I, I
0: will. I will do it next time I see you, and... Um, give me... Stroke
4: me off a little bit. Come on, what's us swap
0: I loved it when when you were great, and when you were honest, you know, the the more honest you are... Oh, when
2: did you not like it?
0: Um, I don't know, I loved the bit with the hotel, there was a minute in the beginning where you didn't want to come clean, and then you stopped, you know what I'm saying?
4: Oh, let me tell you something, when I come home to my hotel at 5am, yes, and the doors are locked, yes, and the doors are locked, uh... They, i can see the front desk and i just wave at them and they, they open the doors with a button i walk in they close them right away it's 24 hour security
0: before you go though you know no
4: cost to the buyer
0: all right enough with the no cost to the buyer i have a question though it's really right. important i i watched here, you here on i watched you on that show love yeah and uh and you play yourself crazy and on drugs and you and you get high with the character on uh yeah on on love by
4: the way Gillian Jacobs that's her name yeah she never drank in her whole life never did drugs
0: do you think Judd Apatow took advantage of you and Artie by putting you into his shows as using addicts yes he did right yes both of you yeah and he did it on purpose too didn't he
4: yeah, and I asked him not to. I said, "Can you change my character name like, at least so it's not me?" And he said, "And he told me he would, and he didn't." So yeah,
0: oh, and he did the same so, thing with well, Artie, right?
4: I know it's a little bit shitty, and i um, and that nobody asked me that, but yeah, yep.
0: Nobody yeah, asked I, you that? No. I wonder why. Um, and do you worry about being that person that everybody needs to get high with and act crazy with? Does that ever bother you?
4: Uh, okay, so what you're saying is, does it bother me to be me?
0: But it you're not. You're that's asking? not. It's only a piece of that's you. That's what you're asking. That, no, it's only a piece of you.
3: That's not you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, here's a
2: thing that I came up with years ago cause people would say, doesn't it bother you?
4: that people like you for this or that or this.
0: Right, right. That's some but that's some so hatership. Like, here's shit. the thing,
4: here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the dichotomy and the irony of, or whatever you want to call it. Would you of, say it
0: was the dichotomy? Question, the the dichotomy, get the, it?
4: The dichotomy. Right. Yeah, I get it. Okay, thank you. Is so you're starting the question with does they like you for okay, stop there. I don't give a fuck shit why they're like if somebody likes me, great. You're asking me if, why, should, should I be bothered or mad about why somebody likes me? Or right, what? Do you see how that doesn't even make sense?
0: Listen, I get you. Did you hear me? I just think that uh, there's so much more to you that you don't give yourself a chance to be because you're, you're, you're caught up in this stuff. It's just like the life and death <laughs> of Peter you know what, Sellers. It's me. just like the oh. life and death of Peter okay, Sellers. Okay, you should watch job. it tonight with... You guys uh, should curl it, up.
4: Oh, you know what? Yeah, we're going to curl up. in our am blank because I might, I might call down to the front desk and get another pillow. No cost of the bar. Turn on the TV. Go to HBO or Netflix. No cost of the bar. Watch it. You know, put the AC on. Dim the lights. At no cost of the bar. That bye. was a fun
0: interview. You're, you're fun. Thank you. bye. Bye okay, bye. So there it is, Andy Dick. The dopey uh, Thanksgiving spectacular is uh, finally coming to a close. Uh, But before we do, in the great spirit of uh, Thanksgiving entertainment products, I just want to talk about a few things that I am thankful for. One, uh, my family. Two, my sobriety. Three, I guess my job, which I fucking hate. Four, uh, fucking dark chocolate. Five, Quaker Squares. Six. um, I said my family. I said my job. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm grateful for a lot of stuff. The Dopey Nation. I'm grateful to make Dopey. I'm grateful. um, I'm grateful to walk around Manhattan. I fucking live for that shit. I'm grateful to be alive. And um, I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful to Cormac for busting his ass and always getting this stupid show on Reddit. I'm grateful for the administration team in the Dopey Nation to be administrating so properly. I'm grateful to everybody who reaches out. I'm grateful to people who leave fire voicemails, and I'm grateful for the people who don't. Uh, I'm really grateful for the people who leave fire voicemails that are like seven minutes long and perfect and really funny. Um, but I'm grateful for all you guys. You guys are the best. I'm grateful to Greg uh, Trainer. Greg Trainer cut the Andy Dick episode down. There was a lot of bullshit that he took out, and he beeped. Uh, he beeped a bunch of stuff. He does uh, it bleep or beep? He beeped. I think just some stuff Andy didn't want to get out there. How much he paid for the hotel? He didn't want people to find out and try to redo his deal. He wanted to beep his uh, his girlfriend's name. That's a whole other story. Uh, that he wants to come on and tell, and I think we should have him come on and tell it. Uh, I'm grateful to Sam for all of his hard work in the back. Like, Sam is always coming up with plots and plans for where the Dopey Nation and actually more where the podcast should be going, and uh, and Brad, because uh, I stole the whole idea from Brad, my friend Brad. But I'm grateful to all you guys, and thank you for everything you do, and um, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and I'm grateful to Chris... You know, I'm so still uh I'm just blown away that Chris is gone. Uh every day it just it's a it's one of those things. Uh but I am grateful that uh we came up with this idea and the idea is still growing. So um I love that. Um you know, before I stop, I just want to do one last thing. One last thing is I just got an email from the great uh Dopey podcast fucking fan. Joey Pepper. Joey Pepper has been a fan since the beginning, and he's always written emails. He used to fuck with Chris terribly. He always will have a a great place in my heart, and he just wrote this email tonight, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving right now, so I'm going to put this out in a minute. Happy Thanksgiving. This is from Joe Pepper. Hey, Dave. What's up? Still loving the show. Fucking Marin was pretty dope. But I really think the whole thing with Land and Dope Nation is lame, man. I mean, Land may be some assholes, but Allie and Frankie are real addicts just like us. And they are doing the same shit we're doing as addicts in recovery. We're addicts helping other addicts. And yeah, man, I think you should just squash all that bullshit about the name. It's kind of whack, man. People's lives are being saved. Thanks to these people, it's a good thing turning into a TV show is not so good but what the people are doing is good they're good people and so are you Dave love you man peace out well i love you Joey Pepper too and i think Allie was super cool and i never met Frankie but my heart goes out to him and um i just hate that they took the name dope sick nation you know i'll get over it i just can't, it's hard to swallow it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow but you're right and uh so we say uh you know Fucking good luck to the Dope Sick Nation, and uh, I love it if they help anybody, and it's just a hard pill to swallow, but I love that you're still listening, and I love that you're still writing in, and a bunch of people in the Dopey Nation think that the feud is lame, but I'm a little bit of a a petty person, so my pettiness will always uh, you know, haunt me. Even if I say the Dope Sick Nation is all right with me, just the fact that they fucking took the name um, will always irk me. Anyway... Love you, Joey. Love you guys. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and uh, th- happy Thanksgiving. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, Dopey Spectacular. I wish Chris could have been here. He would have loved it. And uh, toodles for Chris. Um, miss him. I'm sure his family misses him on Thanksgiving. If you guys are um, sick on your Thanksgiving, just know that um, wellness is right around the corner. And... Um, And the song in the beginning was my friend's band's song. I don't know if he wants me to reveal anything about it. I just thought it was so good I had to play it. And he's actually going to come on the show in the next couple weeks. So you can refer back to that incredible uh, rendition of Trials and Tribulations from Jesus Christ Superstar. Again, um, and I know that Todd's family is totally missing him on Thanksgiving. And if you have a loved one who recently died uh, from addiction, my heart goes out to you. And if you are in the throes of addiction, please uh, ask for help. Please talk to somebody. Uh, There's a million people in recovery who would love to hear from you, me included. Uh, There's a ton of clean people on the Dopey Nation Facebook page who uh, would love to uh, help you out. Uh, There's a billion addicts and alcoholics in AA and NA who would love to help you out. Uh, if you want help, it's totally out there. Reach out to some people, and uh, they will help you. Anyway, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles for Chris. Thank you.
5: I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplanes just pass me by And I want to see the air Jetliner, take a dive, just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And my shadows getting smaller and smaller. smaller and smaller and it's high noon where I stand and I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds because peace and love are very 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 hard to find and I want to be good Good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad, and I wanna call my dad. And it's all I ever had. 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 It's all I ever had, and I wanna call me dad. It's all I ever had.